Good morning again. I'll say it in English, but I am Elder James Schaefer, and I ask you please turn with me in your copy of the scriptures to Luke, Luke chapter 15. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15, come home. Luke chapter 15, come home. Now our mission here at Grace Church Waldorf is pointing people home to Jesus Christ. We do it locally, like Valerie shared about the Cheltenham Youth Detention Center, our mission field here. We did it yesterday by passing out flyers, but we do it internationally as well, through our foreign missionaries, through people like the Leonard, Mario and Yoaxis, like Pastor June. We do not do it for money. We don't do it for or with false motives. We do it in love, to live and to love like Jesus, and to help others do the same. That's not just a motto. That is based in the Scripture. We don't make up our mission. It's in the Bible. We did not find any other authority but the authority of the Word of God. And all this month, we're going to encourage people to follow Jesus Christ, the Savior, to come home. And so as well... We invite you, we're going to do it over the next five Sundays, we're going to continue to do it, and we're going to guarantee, I'm going to say it again, guarantee you're going to hear and learn the Word of God. And there is no higher guarantee than the Word of God. We're going to teach you the Word, and we're going to love you. We're going to love you as those who want to love His Word and love Him. And we're going to do it in five Sundays, beginning with this Sunday, as you might have already gathered. This Sunday is about our mission. What is our mission? What is your mission? We're also going to do this over five Sundays. And the following Sunday, the second Sunday, we're encouraging children. We're going to share with you about children coming home. The third Sunday, we're going to share with you about women, men, groups coming home to him. On the fourth Sunday, all youth are invited home to be home with him. And on Sunday, the fifth Sunday, it's going to be a celebration where we're going to celebrate coming home to the father of all humanity, coming home to the father today. As I said earlier, you're going to find out what is mission. Not just this church, but what is mission according to the scripture. And frankly, I need to ask you, what is your mission? Your mission in life. So follow along with me, Luke chapter 15, as I begin reading verses 1 through 2. And then I'll skip down to verses 11 and from thereafter. Luke chapter 15, now... The tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him, Christ. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he told them this parable. Verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. 
Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but he came to himself, and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here of hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But still, while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father did not even answer him. And he said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Verse 25, now the older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked, what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command and you never gave me even a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. But this, when your son comes home, who has devoured his property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. But he said to him, son, you've always been with me and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad for this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. When you read the scripture, and you've read the scripture, you've heard the story, you recognize that there are three things going on here. And I want to share with you just these three ideas. That first, we're going to find out what is the mission? What is this mission that took place in this story? Secondly, we're going to look at who is this mission about? And last, why? Why even in the world is there a mission? And why do we even need to bother with it? But beginning in verse 11, we ask the question, what is the mission? Beginning in verse 11, it says, And there was a man who had two sons. Two sons, literally two heirs, two 
people, not to exclude women, to people. Now, mission is defined as an important assignment. And you in the military and you who have supported the military or this government understand that it's an important assignment or it's a purpose for, and this church, this Bible says it is for people. And it involves movement to care for these people. And Luke 15 is a parable that illustrates by Jesus himself the great commandment in which it's movement to love God and also to love people in the image of God. Now, the mission is not about feeding the hungry. It's not about healing sick. It's not about education. It's not even about preaching the word of God. It's not. It starts with loving God and who is Jesus Christ in the flesh and loving what is the mission. And that is people who are in the image of God. Now, the story in Luke 15 happens all the time. It's happening in our time today. You've had it. You've felt it. You have perhaps even gone through pain because of this story in your own life. And it happens all the time. But the story in Luke 15 also shows two polar opposites, two groups, two people who fit in these two categories that are completely opposite, at least we think. And the first category is this. It's the category called the self-righteous category. Verse 29 summarizes it in which the one self-righteous son said this, Look, Father, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed you. I've never disobeyed your command. But when this son of yours comes, you killed the fatted calf for him. These days, people feel righteous anger, sometimes justified anger. And we're seeing more of it in our own society. But I want to share with you, friends, that the self-righteous are those who are the ones who are critical of everything in sort of a self-righteous way. They're always thinking they know about others' failures. They always know about the hypocrisies of others. They always know the others' secret sins. The self-righteous are everywhere. They're in, maybe a little bit in the political fields. I say that facetiously. They're in and out of the church. They're in our own houses. And I want to say, friends, and I say this to myself, they're more often, more often in our own thoughts. More often, we know in a self-righteous way what is best. But I want to also share with you that as we read in Luke 15, the mission is to the self-righteous. It is to those who think they're self-righteous. When Jesus in this story parallels himself to the Father, he, as the Father, pleads. He, as the Father, seeks. He, as the Father, loves the self-righteous. But there's a second category, the self-seeking. The second category is summarized in verse 30 where it is said of this self-seeking person, this son of yours, 
has devoured your property with prostitutes. Friends, I don't think there's much worse an identification of that which is self-seeking than that phrase. Self-seeking people have been around for centuries. We know this. We know it personally. We know how self-seeking people, even we, can be, and we've seen them, and it's ugly. Now, Jesus knew them too. And if you remember reading in verse 1, it says this, but he intentionally sought and loved, and he sat down and he ate with tax collectors, sinners. He loves the self-righteous because they were his mission. They're our mission too. The self-righteous would not be seen with Jesus. No way. But the self-seeking, they flocked to him. They wanted to be around him. They had never been around such a person who loved them, not their sin. Now, but these were not ordinary self-seeking people, by the way. These were religious self-seeking people. These were rich self-seeking people. These were God's chosen self-seeking people. But they were particularly conspicuous because they were living one foot in the world and one foot they wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to play with the world. They wanted to experiment with the world. Self-seeking. But the mission, friends, and you've heard it again, the mission is to, is to the self-seeking and the self-righteous. And Jesus seeks and he loves us because we're in the image of God. We were made by him in his image. And we have come to Christ, this church, and we as individuals have come to Christ, not with our agenda, but with his agenda. So the what of the mission is people. Now this is good news. This is good news for us because Jesus illustrates in the entire chapter, the entire chapter that he's seeking people, whether the analogy of the story is a lost sheep, like lost and wandering people, or like a lost coin, like the shiny and the pretty people of this world, or like the lost self-righteous or the lost self-seeking people, like those two main categories. He seeks everyone to bring them home. Every soul home. There's no one he doesn't seek, and he is seeking you. And this is why this church, this mission, this place, this time in space that we have is about you coming home to Christ. Come home to Christ. Whether it be for the first time or whether it be for another time, come home to Christ. He wants you home with him in all eternity with you and him. He is the one who wants to sit, eat, listen to you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the changes that take place when you and I sit with him? So I say it again now. He is the who of the mission. 
And look at the second point. He is that who of the mission. Verse 11, you probably saw it at the very beginning of that verse. Jesus is the who of the mission. And someone would say to me, duh, that's because it's that obvious. Now, there was a young, young child who was in Sunday school with Miss Chelsea. And with Miss Chelsea, the Sunday school, the child was sleeping. And so Chelsea asked, so so so-and-so, what is my question and what is the answer to the question in her kind and gentle way? And so the student woke up from his stupor and said, Teacher, I don't, Miss Chelsea, I don't know what the question was, but I know that the answer is Jesus. And it was right. And friends, let's think about this. The scripture is plain. The what may be people, but the who is Jesus Christ. Someone, someone may ask me, well, didn't you say that the people are important to the mission? And the answer is yes. But someone, someone must seek people. Someone who is important, who is this central someone. He is the who of the mission. Jesus Christ. Luke 15 starts with Jesus' response to those who wonder. Can the lost, can the wandering, can the pretty, or can the self-seeking people ever get into heaven? And the answer is yes, because Luke 15 doesn't show a program, doesn't show a process. It shows a person, Jesus Christ, on the center of the stage. He is the who of the mission of this church's mission, of any mission from this Holy Bible. He is the central personal reason there's welcome to sinners that there's rejoicing in heaven. He's the one who leads the parade with the Father and the Spirit and the hosts of angels in heaven because he is the central person of the mission. He's the one who makes heaven possible. Possible. In other words, he is the who, he is the help, and he is, excuse me, And he is the hope of the mission. He is the star and the center of the story. The mission is about him. It's that simple, yet it's that amazing. All answers to my and your life's mission boil down to this one word, one person, one God, Jesus Christ. Now, some may think that's arrogance. That's arrogance to say that he is the center. Or... It is an assertion of the only truth that we can verify through the scriptures. As Courtney said and others have said, this is a Bible-believing church and the word of God tells us that he is the center of all history and all history will culminate in Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. He's the highest reason for any mission, any work, any existence. Most importantly, he's the only one who seeks He's the only one who loves people. He rejoices when one person, he rejoices when you, when I repent. He's happiest when this church, this church and Christians conduct the mission loving others and bringing others to him. He is the mission. Everyone knows this. 
Everyone knows this. Yes, they do. He's calling people because this is why people hate him so much. Because they don't want him. But they know it's him. A dying person knows this. People want to know that there's heaven. People want to know that there's transformation now. That it's possible now. He is the mission and the life. And he seeks and loves you. And I think it's a fair question to ask. Have you loved him? Have you accepted him? If you choose to accept the mission, it's Jesus Christ. But there's a third point about the mission. Why? Why is there a mission? Why is there even a mission? And it's because of this. Because something's missing. Verses 14, 16, and 17 capsulize it in this, these phrases. There was a severe famine. He begun to be in need. He was longing to be fed with what the pigs ate. And then he closed it with the most saddest or sad statement in which he said, I am starving to death. What's missing? What's missing in these two categories of people, the self-righteous and the self-seeking? They are, not were, they are starving to death. That's why there's a mission. People may be choking on their own critical words, their casual living, or their caustic thoughts. However, this parable is not a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. It's true. Did you notice in the final sentence by the father? It's right there. He said to the other son, your brother was dead. Theologians and exegetes have struggled with this final sentence for centuries. Did Jesus mean it metaphorically or not? But we take the word of God here literally, and you do as well, and you want to hear the literal word of God when he said to the self-seeking son or to people that he was dead. He meant dead. Walking dead. Not Halloween walking dead, but walking dead. It's clear because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and other parts of the scripture make it very plain. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Not just sort of faking death. You were dead. God saw nothing but corpses strewn all over this earth. Literal scripture isn't speaking poetically. The sun, people, girls, boys, women, men who do not return to the Father, come home, are dead. God sees it. We see it. And even people who may be breathing now can sense the stench of death, the frustration, and the futility that is coming. It's just a matter of time. And that may sound like a sad epitaph, but that's why there is a mission, friends. That's why we exist, because there is a mission. People don't need appetite control, to wean them off of the appetites of this world. 
People don't need force feeding, forcing them the Bible. People don't need lavish banquets of all of the fun and the pleasures of this world. What people need, rather, is good food. God's word. Good food given by God's grace. Grace Church Waldorf is on mission because we want to feed people the word of God locally. You heard about the jail ministry and other ministries, and we want to do it internationally. You heard about the desperate conditions in Cuba and other places around the world. We are on mission to bring people home, finally home, to live now and to live through eternity. And so we wonder, is this our mission? Well, there was a a poor street girl, very poor, hungry street girl, who walked up to an impressive pastor's house, high society pastor's house at night, and she knocked on the door, and she said to the pastor, are you the pastor? He said, yes. Can you get my mother in, was her question. The man was Dr. Barry, and Dr. Barry thought, what, in what? In a shelter? In a food program? Because obviously you're hungry as well. Or maybe even membership in our stylish church. Instead, he did not speak his thoughts, but he asked where she was from, and he directed her to another poor church on the other side of town. But the girl had the courage to answer, and she said, that won't do. My mom is dying. She wants to get into heaven now. Preacher went with mom, and he met her, seeing her gasping for her last breath on her deathbed. And the old lady could barely speak and said, can you get me in? Dr. Barry had never gone through an experience like this before. Maybe some of us have never gone through this. And he stammered, and he said, well, and he started talking about Jesus' morality and about the good things that Jesus thought and about the good morals that he brought. And the old lady said, that won't do. I need to get into heaven. <laughs> Suddenly, Dr. Barry remembered the words of his own mom when she explained to him as a child about Christ's forgiveness on the cross, about receiving by faith the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and about following Christ as Savior. And as he explained it, the woman began to smile. And she rested. And she knew that she understood about how to get in. And that night she died. In with Jesus Christ. So friends, I say to you, the mission is this. The mission is pointing people home to where Jesus Christ is. Who is the mission? It is the only Savior, the only Son of God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. But the why of the mission is because people are starving to death. And you may know those facts, but I ask you, and I ask myself again and again, is this your mission? Is this my mission? And if so, and if this is 
your desire, I ask you, write it down. Make a note. Say, Lord, whatever I can do, I will do it. Do whatever. But this is now our mission. This is the purpose for which we exist. And as we point people home, you'll see over the coming Sundays, and I ask you, stay with us these five Sundays. You're going to see our mission flourish because it is about the one and only Savior who is now here among us. This is your mission if you should accept it. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for you, you, the mission. We are grateful for people who need you. We are grateful as well that we recognize the starving and death people. Grant us, O Lord, grant us, O Lord, you as the center of where this church, this time that we're in, these Christians, those who are even doubting are ready to say, yes, Lord, we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.